It's not unusual for independent white hat hackers to discover cybersecurity vulnerabilities in medical devices, but typically when such flaws are discovered, these ethical hackers notify government officials or the vendor. But that wasn't the case recently when a startup research firm, MedSec Holdings, found alleged cyber vulnerabilities in cardiac devices, including implantable pacemakers, from manufacturer St. Jude Medical. MedSec told an investment firm, Muddy Waters Capital, about the findings, and then the hedge fund publicly released a report about the vulnerabilities after short-selling St. Jude Medical stock based on the MedSec findings. So what's wrong with this picture? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with medical device cybersecurity expert Kevin Fu, CEO of Vertal Laboratories. Kevin is also University of Michigan Associate Professor of Computer Science and Engineering and Director of the Archimedes Center for Medical Device Security. Kevin will be speaking to us about what he finds most troubling about this whole situation. So for starters, I understand that a team of your University of Michigan medical device researchers took a look at the alleged vulnerabilities that MedSec says it found in the St. Jude medical devices. What did your team find, and are the flaws as serious as MedSec and Muddy Waters contend? There are a lot of complicated questions. There's a lot of information out there, and as you point out, we just released a very short note, first claim we were just looking at trying to vet the facts. We're, we're sort of data people, and so we're driven by finding the facts. And usually the facts we find affect more manufacturer claims. This time we were kind of surprised to find something different. The first thing we found is we took a look at a claim about an image of a uh, what's called a programmer, a device used to program cardiac devices. And that image was used as a claim for a rapid heart rate, is our understanding. So we thought that was interesting because we couldn't find any clinically relevant measurements, so we decided to do our own. So we reproduced conditions that led to the same screenshot, but then we did also use our cardiac arrhythmia testing apparatus in order to measure whether the pacemaker was still pacing normally. And we were surprised that it was still pacing normally, uh, even though we were able to get the same screenshot conditions. So what does this say to you? Are the MedSec findings being overstated? What's most troubling about this situation in terms of how these findings were publicly disclosed as well? Well, you know, it's hard to say. I suspect that these are some very brilliant security researchers, and then we're hearing some claims from the medical device manufacturer arguing about the consequences of the claims. And what we're trying to get to the heart at is, well, what parts of the claims are clinically relevant? We don't know. And the only way to know is to actually vet the claims one by one. And so in terms of the way that these findings were disclosed to the public, what's the danger in informing the public of medical device cybersecurity issues before they're vetted by the government or by the vendor? So there's really three issues here. There's the ethical issue you mentioned. There's the whole sort of short-selling side. Uh, and then there's the, the technical and the clinical, technical slash clinical side. We've really been focusing on the technical slash clinical. I think coordinated disclosure is a very complicated topic. Uh, it is heated debate. One thing I think everyone will agree on is that this report has led to attention to a very important area, and that is how to improve the security of medical devices used in the delivery of care to patients. 
but it has raised a lot of emotions. I think there's several groups out there that have forums to discuss different ways of doing disclosure. FDA certainly has its own draft policies on this. There's another group called I Am the Cavalry. Uh, Josh Corman, for instance, has a, uh, I believe he has a document up on the on their website about different kinds of ethical ways to do uh, vulnerability disclosure. So I, I would point readers to, to those kinds of documents to learn about the different ways of performing vulnerability disclosure. So with these supposed vulnerabilities that have been published by MedSec and Muddy Waters, what should patients do right now to address these concerns besides panic? And what should healthcare entities be doing? So patients, I think, don't need to panic. When we did, uh, it was almost 10 years ago when we began our, our own study of pacemaker defibrillator, and we were actually able to cause electrical shocks to emit from the device that would lead to something called ventricular fibrillation uh, wirelessly. And even though we were able to cause that, we looked deeply into the clinical implications and discovered that actually the patients were still safer with the devices than without, even though we had discovered what we felt was a fairly significant security vulnerability in a defibrillator. So I'd say the jury's still out. In other words, when we found a problem, even though there was a significant security vulnerability, the clinical risk turned out to be quite small. So in some cases, do you think correcting or mitigating a security vulnerability could be even more risky than just leaving it alone, especially for something like a pacemaker that is implanted in somebody's chest? So that's right. Recalls are a very complicated issue. It's not like recalling a child's toy because it has lead paint. There is actually a risk to the recall itself. There have been plenty of cases of medical device recalls where um, it's either very selective to reduce the populations affected because you only want to do a recall in the case where particular patients are predisposed to the risk. And so you look for clinical evidence. In the world of medical device design, this is something it's taken me 10 years to learn When I started out, I didn't know what hazard analysis was, but avionics and medical device designers have been doing hazard analysis for decades. And typically, the way medical devices are designed is you identify all these hazards, such as causing interruption to pacing or causing the defibrillation shocks to um, hazards that may cause these shocks to fail. And then you build in various layers of compensating controls. And so the one, I'd say one thing we haven't yet seen any evidence of is whether these shocks are actually disturbed by any of these claimed vulnerabilities. So it's sort of interesting to me as a security researcher. I've found plenty of problems in medical devices and classic IT systems. I was surprised to learn that not all vulnerabilities result in in a clinically relevant hazardous situation. So I'd say the jury's still out, and we need to figure out that these vulnerabilities, see if they do lead to clinical risk and then go from there is risk-based decision-making. Now, as you mentioned, there are traditional but not really formalized or no laws about how these disclosures are made when it comes to researchers that find cybersecurity vulnerabilities. But do you think that the Muddy Waters and MedSec situation is potentially setting a new concerning president when it comes to disclosures about cybersecurity problems in medical device products or even other products for that matter? Or do you think that the backlash that we've been seeing against the way this is all played out may stop researchers before they publicly disclose something, especially if it's something that might look like it's financially fueled? 
Well, I don't think I'm going to get into the financial side. There's like so many interesting issues on this. I have no financial stake in these stakeholders, but the the interesting thing for me is I don't know if it's going to set a precedent. We'll only know if there's a whole series of problems, but I can tell you just based on my experience, it's not surprising to me to find vulnerabilities in a medical device. We, we find them all the time. What's a little bit harder is to find vulnerabilities that have a significant clinical risk. And that's really hard because it, it tends to take some specialized training. A physician, even an electrophysiologist, is not trained to, to make that call. And there are very few groups that have both the clinical training as well as the cybersecurity training to, to understand how to bridge that gap. So finally, Kevin, bottom line, what lessons do you think healthcare entities should be learning from this situation right now? Is there anything that you think they should be doing while we await to see what the response may be from the feds, for instance? Well, I think this is a message I've been saying for years, but I think we really need to build security into medical devices. It's really hard to bolt security on after the fact. We are seeing the medical device industry creating standards to improve security, I suspect it'll take some time for these standards to make its way into the marketplace. But, but if there's any one message, I think it should be asking the question, how come no medical device CEO has published a memo similar to what Bill Gates wrote in 2002 when he wrote to all of his employees saying computer security was going to be the number one issue for the company at Microsoft in that year because of all the problems that had happened. And from that memo, the CEO basically gave cover to the engineers to do the right thing. I have not seen that happen yet in our industry. I think it's about time that we see C-suite level people doing more than just saying we need good security, but actually providing the resources, giving the authority to individuals and the responsibility to carry out this mission. And while you would like to see that happen, do you think that will happen? I don't know. I I think it will happen at some point. I don't think these problems are going to go away. I, I don't view the Muddy Waters report as the last report seems like every month there's a, a new group working in this space because it's like breaking down an open door. I have medical devices that don't even require an adversary to break into. Garden variety malware from 10 years ago will gladly break into it. So you're going to see, I think, a lot more problems being discovered. Thanks, Kevin. I've been speaking to Kevin Fu. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.